Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Here's your Wenting's word of the week. It is Havelina. Mention that word to Bruce or any staff member the next time you are at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's word of the week is Havelina. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the running season in full swing, it's time for you to take a swing at a personal best. Whether that's a 5K, 10K, even a marathon, TriJoy can help. We'll meet with you in person to discuss your goals, make a training plan, and then give you the support you need to achieve them. Email for your free in-person consultation. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. On our program today, we'll have a look at what's happening around the Fraser Valley on our upcoming event schedule. But to kick things off, let's jump back into part two of our interview with Ryan Shepard. He's the new fast ultra runner from Amidsford. In part two, we get philosophical. Ryan will tell us about what he thinks about while being on those 14-hour runs, what he eats during them, and his motivations for going ultra long. So yeah. you finished the course yeah. uh, in Oregon, and this was 13 months ago. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and you yep. came Wanted in first. by two minutes. And uh, uh, so how how many hours on your feet for that one? I was 17 hours and 15 minutes for the 161 kilometers yeah, okay. and the mountain trails there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does a person eat and drink? Um, and think while this is going on. People have very different strategies for that. You you could drive to Mexico in that amount of time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the thinking is an interesting one. Like I say, there's a lot of of mind games in that, uh, like I say, kind of monitoring your thoughts. It's almost like a very long meditation in a forum, Mm. right? You're kind of watching the negative thoughts come up, watching the positive thoughts come up, and just kind of dealing with them and finding ways to skew perspective, you know, try to think of things you're grateful for, why, mm. why you know, why you're doing it, um, all the why, other why, people. Why were you doing it? Um, you know, it, like I say, it was, it was all, it was all part of, you know, turning that 230 pound guy that sat on the couch into something, something else, right? Mm. Uh, I got way too comfortable and satisfied with life back then and, and, you know, some people, I, I, I sometimes think of it as I got too weak back then, right? And, mm. you know, I was in very uh, high risk of just becoming another couch potato for the rest of my life. And mm. I look at what running's done. And so some of those thoughts, like I say, thinking back, think being grateful, um, that's that's what keep me going during it. And like I say, it's kind of, you you grow when you suffer. and no, uh, you do. You uh, absolutely when it, Especially do. when it's voluntary suffering. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it can prepare you for involuntary suffering mm-hmm. uh, in, in life. I don't want to get too philosophical here, but it is a lot of what, what drives it for me. Um, and like I say, it's, uh, I, I draw on that when I, when I do start suffering that, hey, you, you signed up for this. And, yeah. and uh, you know, this is, this is the kind of thing that's taken you from where you, are, where you were to where you are. And uh, when, you, when you look at it that way, you know, it's, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a beautiful thing in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and there's also the whole community side of it too, is why I race as well. But uh, that's a whole another another part of it because I've certainly found my tribe there. Mm-hmm. As far as what I eat, it's uh, less exciting. I uh, basically found that when I race, I cannot eat anything. I take 
only fluids. Um, okay. So I take Perpetuum, a hammer product, a yeah. powder that I put in my fluids. Got some protein and, uh, in that. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's good for the long stuff. Uh, it's not particularly a huge fan of its texture. It's kind of got a chalky flavor that every time I, I run a race, maybe that's why I had to wait 13 months so I could get used to drinking Perpetuum again. Because uh-huh. <laughs> after drinking it all day, it gets so nasty. Mm. You're going into aid stations just trying to chase it with Coke and ginger ale to wash oh. the taste out of your mouth. Yeah. But um, when I do adventure like long, because I've done, you know, 100K self-supported adventures, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. And at a nice adventure pace with friends, I like to eat all the food, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'll pack sandwiches and all all sorts of things. Right. But uh, actually, it was really nice. I got to pace my friend Marina doing the fat dog 120 miler recently. Uh So I got to do it from the other perspective where I got to eat all the food at the aid stations Uh because I wasn't really redlining. Uh Right. Um, whereas when I when I race, I'm usually right on the edge. And if I was to try to eat a piece of pizza, I would, it would push my stomach over. There's no blood left for digestion. Oh, really? It's so all going to the legs. Even though you're going these crazy long distances, yeah. it, it's a fairly high heart rate. I Yeah, and that's maybe why I got a rapto. <laughs> I, I sometimes joke that I ran 100 miles at my marathon pace, mm. but uh, <laughs> it's maybe somewhat close to the truth. Mm. But um, no, I... Uh, yeah, I... I I, I found a line that I can kind of ride for a very long length of time, but mm-hmm. it's it's a fragile line, and if mm-hmm. I put a, put some solid food in me, it, it tips the balance. And yeah. I've I've kind of learned that by trial and error a little bit. Uh, uh, when I did Fat Dog seventy miler, I threw up for the last couple hours of the race, and and that's very pr- attributed to probably solid food. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried uh, I tried to force some stuff down. <laughs> and a high level of intensity. <laughs> yeah. So now you've got your sights set on this weekend. You're traveling to Arizona? Yeah, yeah. Which city is that? Uh, we're going to, well, it's just outside of Phoenix, or sort of kind of northeast of Scottsdale in okay. McDowell Mountain Park. So beautiful stretch of kind of rolling desert trails and this is called beautiful the mountain views. Havelina 100? Yeah, yeah, with the silent J for this, both. So I guess yeah. the Havelina is a kind of wild boar that roams yeah. those yeah, trails out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a cute there. little pig. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're full they're, of attitude. Hopefully though. their tusks aren't too big. <laughs> I, I don't want to run into one. But I, yeah, apparently everything out there, whether it's the plants or the animals, wants to kill you, so. <laughs> the javelina are the, the least of my, my worries. Apparently there's puffballs that if you kick them, they'll get stuck to you and like you need pliers to take them out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like a They sound quite evil. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what made you choose that race? Just the, the thrill of adventure of being bitten by a javelina yeah. or gored by a puffball? Actually, I was I was doing a um, 100K uh, fun run through Club Fatass, which is a Vancouver ultra running club. Uh, so this was along the Baden-Powell from Deep Cove to uh, to Horseshoe Bay and back over Cypress Mountain and all that. So nice, fun 100K and uh, a good group out there. And I was chatting with a buddy I, I'd met during it. And he told me a story of one of my ultra running idols, Jim Walmsley, who was hanging out at this race at an aid station, mm-hmm. pretty intoxicated. He wasn't racing it. He was just mm-hmm. hanging out because yeah. it's, it's quite the party ultra, actually. And he put his arm around Wing when Wing was about to drop out at like mile 60 and uh-huh. gave him the best drunken pep talk. <laughs> and I was like, man, Jim Walmsley gave you a drunken pep talk? I have to do that race and get a pep talk from Jim. <laughs> so hopefully he's there drinking this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think there's a good chance. <laughs> so but, any special uh, training sessions that you've done for this one? Maybe a little bit different than your organ training because it's in the desert? or I've been doing um, heat training during my taper here at the mm. ARC sauna. So I've been trying to stay in the sauna at least once a day for about an hour and uh, although I'll 
pop out for little sips of water and whatnot yeah. but uh that sauna just kills me <laughs> my heart rate in there i think is worse than any other any running i do oh wow but because uh, yeah the body gets under stress there if you try to stay in for too long I've, I've never been great in the heat so that's why i'm i'm trying to prepare for it but mm-hmm. uh fingers crossed that it isn't that hot because yeah. i can deal with 29 but if it's 35 i'm gonna uh-huh. i'm gonna struggle <laughs> and it's a long day i mean you're gonna yeah. be well end of end ish of october you're looking at even there you're probably looking at about what 10 hours of sunshine maybe yep. 11 so yeah and then and the, the darkness months. yeah and the temperature will drop down real quick apparently so so the canadian and you will come out and yeah yeah and we're all it. talking about people getting hypothermia there yeah. but I, I think i'll be okay mm-hmm. i think it's well maybe compared to the daytime it'll be feel cold but mm-hmm. uh I, I think it's going to be pretty pleasant once the sun drops down that's for sure so it sounds like you're a pretty serious and fast guy so when the temperature changes um do you put on different clothing or do you just suck it up and keep rolling yeah yeah i mean i'll, I'll probably start wearing not much clothing as far as i won't have many layers on mm. and i am certainly uh dressing for the weather i just picked up this sweet kind of desert running hat with the flaps that go over your neck and uh mm. it's all white of course and the thinnest material nice outdoor research product uh and I've got these white cooling arm sleeves that I also got from a friend uh, that I can shove ice in. I've oh, got a yeah. uh, double bandana that's been sewn together to make a pocket that I can wear around my neck mm-hmm. and put the ice in it right at kind of where your spine goes up into your brain there, where it really, if you cool the blood there, it really helps your brain from overheating. Yes, it does. Um, I've got a, a naked waistband that's basically just a mesh band. So I'm, I'm going to shove ice in the, So it's basically just like put as many pieces of clothing on that are light and airy and you can mm-hmm. shove ice into mm-hmm. <laughs> and keep the sun off yourself. So I've got some strategies for it. Like I say, some friends of mine have, have ran it before, so that'll help. And I hope that with the sauna training, it'll let me maintain the pace that I, I, I hope that I think I can do, you know, if everything goes well. Um, so it's just about, yeah, managing those other variables. And mm-hmm. like I say, the heat also can cause GI issues. So I think the fact that I'm I'm used to racing without solid food, because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of seem to need the solid food, but yeah. for whatever reason, uh, I've, my body is adapted to just perpetuum from oh, training yeah. runs and whatnot. And at the end of the race, I usually feel pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, all things considered. All things considered. Quick question before we go, because so many questions to ask. Mm-hmm. But um, I know when I was doing my crazy long stuff, I the longest I've done is 84 kilometers, which wow. is you also know long impressive. for normal people, but this is a warm-up for you. But the debilitating thing, uh, feet. How do your yeah. feet handle? We were just talking off microphone. We're both... Uh, kind of fans of ultra running shoes mm-hmm. but uh tell us about your feet uh, are they fine yeah i've had some toenail issues before in the do, you st- of... do you still have toenails i do this year actually since i switched to ultra my toenails okay. have been much improved <laughs> <laughs> good for sandal season i guess but um and, and i think part of it is that they've been killed so many times that they've just grown back kind of they're less toenails and just like yeah, armor now mm-hmm. <laughs> but um no my my feet historically and i don't want to jinx myself for this race have been very good mm. i mean they get sore like dogs are barking sore but mm. as far as blisters go and whatnot um not much other than the the kind of the impact ones under the toenails i've gotten from maybe shoes being too tight on right. pounding downhills type of thing right mm. But uh, no, that's knock on wood been been one one saving grace for me as far as going the long distances as uh, the feet hold up pretty well. I've seen some 
gross feet before. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thankfully, they haven't been mine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I run in shoes that they do not recommend running ultra marathons in. Like, like I say, uh, Nike Terra Kygers and my uh, my ultra superiors, like they're considered not cushioned shoes, mm. you know, very minimalist. So, I mean, it helps that a lot of the stuff I run on is trail and it's softer. It but, is uh, more forgiving than pounding the pavement. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I like to think I have a fairly light, efficient stride that helps with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but there's always learning to do, of course. Mm-hmm. So, is this uh, Havelina run kind of a, a dry, uh, dry run training experiment? Because we know of another hot weather run down in the southern states called Badwater. Oh, jeez. <laughs> any <laughs> any thoughts of tackling that at some point? No, you're still it's... young in your running career, and we've had some amazing Canadians. Uh, yes. You know, we've had people like Fur Cock from yes. British Columbia, Steve King from, from Penticton, uh, great performers at that, taking on the best in the world. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. Doing, is that something? Because I was in Death Valley three months ago, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, my, my longest one was 84 kilometers, and we were parked close to uh, the Death portal um, oh, wow. on, you know, just that middle ground between uh, where you come down from Death Valley and then yeah. you do the climb, climb up, up, to, to Mount Whitney. up to Whitney. And it's yeah. like, even though I'm not much of an ultra guy, I'm looking at this p- piece of road and thinking, damn, that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, the... Parts of it appeal to me. I, I, I feel like my, my niche, although I love adventuring in the big mountains, is is the road, the flat stuff, the road, keeping a, a fairly good clip on roads for uh, for a very long time. Um, with that said, I don't think I'm ever going to do bad water. Why not? Uh, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything... I don't know. It, it seems we got to make sure your wife is listening to this podcast. Yeah, it seems logistically very complicated. You need like a full time crew with like a van with like an ice coffin in it that you can go and lay down in, and yeah. like, like it's 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 a big deal. Um, I I I, I thought uh, you were actually going to go a different direction when you were yeah. asking about uh, is it a is a training run for another hot run because. In a sense, it is because my dream is to do Western states, Western states, which can get hot. It's mm. not bad water hot, yeah. but uh, I've I've applied for the lottery a couple of years in a row based uh-huh. on hundred k qualifiers and whatnot, and unfortunately had my heart broken a couple of years. Mm. But uh, every time your odds double, and uh, mm. I'd love to get into that. But bad water. I mean, mm. I, I never thought I would get into this stuff, so I guess right. I never say never. But, yeah, uh, but the, the something thing... about like running on roads that they're like frying an egg on yeah. beside you, because apparently that isn't just a myth. You can actually do that there. <laughs> And uh, they say you got to run on the white stripe uh, strip of the paint, otherwise the soles of your shoes oh, will totally. melt. <laughs> Especially even when you're going on a, on a bike ride in that in those temperatures, um, you know when it's above you know crazy man temperatures, 100, 110 degrees. Yeah. That white line is your savior. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. can make it can make a big difference, especially over the minutes and hours. So, mm-hmm. so you've <laughs> yeah. got the Havelina on the next uh, year. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> not in the long or not in the short term. Sorry, you were saying. No, I was just going to say, um, what have you found out about yourself from from doing this? Yeah, I mean, just just that there there is no limit, right? That the lows, they go away and you, you can keep going through them. Um, you think intuitively as you get more and more tired and you hit this low that I can barely move, you know, I can't go on, I'm hurting so bad, I'm going to die. You think that it can only get worse from there, but... If you just kind of work through it and try to stay 
present to, and not worry about the weight of all the miles in front of you, you can get through those lows and get to a point where you're crying tears of joy again during your run, you know? It, uh, and I think when I realized that, actually, a, a friend of mine told me that in a um, kind of a motivational talk he was mm-hmm. doing, uh, uh, Kevin Barada, who's quite the quite the local beast as well. He's done some very cool stuff. Um, but uh, when he told me that, I was like, ah, no, no, it's just some cliche or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's it's true. It's, you know, they are. It is just a roller coaster ride, and it's you know, kind of a microcosm of life, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. You're just going to get through the, through the lows, and the highs are waiting, and yeah. But uh, so there's always lots to learn, uh, and it, because it is a microcosm of life, everything's kind of very exaggerated in an ultra. The voices in your head are exaggerated, <laughs> and the, the the extremes are extreme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like I say, I think I think there's a lot of value to be gained from uh, from going through that stuff. Um, it's not triathlon, and that in ways is a good thing because. In order to to participate uh, to compete in a triathlon, you've got the bicycles, you've got the swimsuits. Uh, well, not that a speedo is expensive, but you've got wetsuits, you've got uh, all the running gear plus everything else. But uh, I know you're an engineer type, so you might keep a spreadsheet of this. Uh, but uh, what are you talking? How much is this running habit costing you about a year? Oh, I've been kind of scared to actually tally that. So I, I, I I've don't been in triathlon for 25 years. I yeah. don't know. I could, you know, I think the yearly one is on four fingers, hopefully not five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just the shoes, like I've ran 5,100 kilometers this year already. Whoa. So if I'm saying 500 kilometers a shoe, mm. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> starting to get into it. So you, yeah, I... Yeah, so I guess a lot of money on shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, I don't I don't race very much, uh, mostly because I, I do like to go to the wall on the races, and mm-hmm. I can only do that once in a while because... Yeah. Um, but uh, the races are pretty expensive. This one's going to be $500, I think. And, you know, I'm looking into some 200 milers maybe mm-hmm. for next year, and they're like $1,200. So you got to eat a lot of gels to pay that yes, off, right? That's a <laughs> Get your money sensible way of looking at it. Hmm. <laughs> Just start stuffing them all in your pockets at every aid station. Yeah. I'm getting 1200 bucks worth of gels before yeah. I leave. <laughs> net net, net um, zero of cost. And yeah, you know, there's all, especially as you start venturing more into the mountains, you know, you got to get an inReach, and you need micro spikes, and you need poles, mm, yeah. and you need a good vest, mm. and... So I mean it's 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 a few thousand dollars a year. It's still yeah. cheaper than a lot of things, I'm sure. But uh yeah, and you try to get the the deals on the shoes through various cheap websites and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. What's the future looking like? How how many more years do you want to stick at this? I ever well, 20 I shouldn't say that uh, I I've been pretty good as far as not being plagued by injury other than maybe my first year of ultras 2016 I did some dumb stuff that maybe was a little too much too soon but since I've gone to more of my spontaneous listen to my body training plan I Sounds I've been like it's pretty injury free yeah. knock on wood haven't really been injured since 2016 so um I I'm thinking I can do this for a long time mm-hmm. as long as I I I think every athlete that trains a lot needs to really watch overtraining and burnout and so I, I plan on going into a little bit of a fallow state after this 100 mile, much like I did after my last one, yeah. you know, go down to 40K weeks, 50K weeks type of thing, which, you know, maybe a little more quality workouts as opposed to just miles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I hope 
to do it for a very long time. I, I think I've still got a, a lot to learn. I'm still very new to all this. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for the future. Mm-hmm. Let's take you uh, to the finish line of the Havelina 100. And you're there. You've, you've done a great job. If you could have anything at that finish line to eat, to drink, what would be the most awesome thing you could put in your body, healthy or otherwise? <laughs> yeah, I'm going with otherwise. <laughs> well, Havelina is known as the party ultra, actually. One of their aid stations is a, a dance club, basically, <laughs> set up. And uh, I plan on, uh, well, my, my friend who's racing, it should be a number of hours after me. So I, I plan on being in quite the party mood by the mm-hmm. time she finishes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I think the, uh, the beverages will be flowing there. And actually, the, uh, the race organizer, um, his brothers own a, uh, a pizza place that they come and serve pizza at the mm. finish line. So I'm looking forward to a nice beverage and a Freak Brothers pizza, as their, their company's called. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Um, who shouldn't do ultras? Who shouldn't do ultras? Uh, like I say, I, I think for their, their benefit outside of running in terms of pushing yourself and, and realizing that you're way stronger than you think, um, not in terms of just running, in terms of everything, I think uh, they're, they're pretty good for everybody. But I, I, I guess, you know, if you got bad knee issues or, or whatnot, it might not be the sport for you. Maybe you should maybe do ultras on a bike, you know? <laughs> um, but... Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it, like I say, uh, it's 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 a dangerous sport in terms of overtraining and, and burnout. So I guess if you maybe have a real addictive personality, maybe maybe not. Although I would say I probably have an addictive personality, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of like what I'm doing. But I am still married. <laughs> yeah. um, like like everything, you need to to find that that balance, and uh, you know, it's it's a community of some pretty pretty passionate people and uh yeah it's you gotta watch out you don't get too sucked into it i guess and, and leave everything else behind but uh yeah um I, I think everybody should go and try an ultra even if you're not gonna do them all the time you know most of these ultras they uh their time limits are such that they you don't have to be uh, an elite runner you don't have to even really be a runner to finish a lot of them you can yeah. power hike through all of them yeah. and it's kind of like a supported fast pack you know it uh it, they're like I say, people think it's this thing way above a marathon, but there's a lot of people that, uh, like I say, probably couldn't run anywhere near a, a four-hour marathon that are crushing ultras, right? Interesting. Because yeah. The average pace is so much slower, right? Yeah. You just got to keep moving, and mm-hmm. it's it's not about genetic gifts. It's not about being lean and mean. You know, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of body types finishing mm-hmm. these hundred-mile races, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's a very inclusive sport in that way, and mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I think people should try it. <laughs> I, I like your attitude. I mean, you know, and there's so much to be learned in the preparation of this uh, and the sacrifice and the rewards afterwards. I mean, uh, bragging rights, you know, I mean, just the journey to the start line is massive in preparation, whether it's uh, yes. the Skaha Lake Ultra Swim, uh, the Terry Fox 360 uh, Charity Cycling Ride, or, or, you know, we're talking uh, the Fat Dog out in Manning Park, just uh, the preparation for this and, you know, uh, getting to the start line is one thing and then there's the journey of the race and there's yep. so much to be learned you know, uh, that's independent of the athleticism involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get in touch with your inner animal now. This is one we haven't prepped you on, but if you've been studying FitSpeak, you know what this question is going to be. Uh-oh. Um, so <laughs> if you could be an animal other than a human being, hmm. what kind of animal would you be? And tell us why. 
Well, uh, in the ATRC, the Amsterdam Trail Running Club, I'm known as the Mountain Gazelle. But I've always thought gazelles are a little feminine for me. I think <laughs> that, uh, what is it, Zootopia and that, that diva singer that was the gazelle. And, uh, I mean, I'm a little feminine too, I guess, at times. But I, I would say... Uh, the beard is not bad. <laughs> I would say uh, I'm a lion. Uh, I think they're a noble creature. And uh, it's been my counterpoint to whenever Carlos calls me the gazelle. <laughs> at one point, I actually grew my hair out shoulder length as a pretty nice looking mane. But I lost a running bet and had to shave that, which is... A completely different story <laughs> but uh no I, I would say i'm a lion i i'm i'm very passionate uh, i think i i feel like i'm a, a noble noble-minded person and uh maybe a little romantic uh in, in terms of things and I, I i throw that that passion and those those ideals at my racing and uh and yeah it's like i say it helps me put the suffering in perspective a little bit and get to that finish line ryan thank you so much for your time yeah, thank you And here's your Fitspeak 84 upcoming event schedule. Starting off, indoors in mission, they're back. The Wednesday night spin sessions at Wenting Cycle. If you're looking to get your sweat on to prepare you for a fondo, or just want to get stronger on the bike, these are for you. The spin starts at 6, but get there a few minutes early to get a spot and to set up your bike. That's the Wednesday night spins at Wentings. Call them at 604-826-1411. That's 604-826-1411. Getting outdoors, it's that time of year again for trail races, and here's the running bargain of the century. As Phil Ellis and Peninsula Runners are hosting their annual running of the Abbotsford Cross Country Ramble. That's at Clearbrook Park. This year's event, which will only cost you about $15, is set to go at 9 a.m. on Sunday, November 17th. Yes, I said 15 bucks. Run, don't walk to register now. It's penrun.ca. That's P-E-N-R-U-N dot C-A. And staying outdoors, a charity run that features Santa, bells, and the color red. And we're talking about a tradition here in the Fraser Valley. It's the annual Abbotsford Santa Shuffle Run and some new thing called the Elf Walk. The event is running, or shuffling, at 10 o'clock on Saturday, December 7th. All proceeds go to our local Salvation Army. There's a team discount as well. Get the gang together and run for a good cause. Drop by the running room in Abbotsford or drop by their website to get more details and to register. And that's your Fitspeak 84 upcoming event schedule. And that's it for another edition of Fitspeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. Fitspeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Havelina. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Havelina. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, our low client-to-coach ratio ensures you get the one-on-one time you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page to book your free consultation and goal-setting session. We'd like to thank our guest ultra-marathoner and uber-father Ryan Shepard. 
Coming up next time on Fitspeak, Mikey Ross will be back for his top five list and we'll take a lighthearted look at health and fitness on our feature, The Fit Flop of the Week. For all of us at Fitspeak, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.